This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I know we've been a bit delayed arriving, but thank you all very much, and I know that it's been a productive day. Um, and I want to... Sometimes they're just perfect, you know? Sometimes moments just collide and you go, that says what I want to say. A glass crashing as Kamala Harris begins her speech. It's November 22nd, 2022. That's a lot of twos. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Uh, Share, subscribe, tap the notification bell if you haven't. I don't know if you've heard about this, but things in the big tech world are very weird. You never know when the hammer is going to drop. So if you have not subscribed, please go ahead and do that. And most importantly, uh, you can go to rubinreport.locals.com. You can sign up absolutely free. You can throw in a couple bucks if you want to engage a bit more, but that way we have direct communication. I can send you a push notification on my phone. You get all sorts of bonus stuff and all that good stuff. Today, we're going to continue what we started yesterday, which is a little more of a dive into the culture war rather than just the race horse politics part of all of this. And one of the things that I wanted to show you related to the culture war today, uh, and you guys know it because you are the wisest audience in all of the digital space, is how the media manufactures a completely inaccurate narrative in order to advance their obvious political agenda, which always happens to be a leftist sort of big government, one world government agenda. Uh, sometimes they retract stories that they screw up and sometimes they don't. And usually if they retract uh, a story, uh, it's years later and it's too late because the horse has left the barn, the ship has sailed. And it's not just that they lie about these things and then maybe retract or maybe don't retract. It's that often they'll, they'll create a whole new story. So you completely forget about the lies in the past. And that leaves us, those of us that are you know, functioning, somewhat functioning in society, we're all characters in their video game, basically, because they we're so bludgeoned with lies all the time. So that's what we're going to do uh, for the most part today. And, and the big lie, I know they like to talk about the big lie is Donald Trump denying the results of the election, but really the big lie over the past, say, two and a half years has been what has happened with this Hunter Biden laptop. Because two and a half years ago, roughly, it was uh, Hunter Biden, crack addict Hunter Biden, who am I to judge, but crack addict Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop at a laptop repair shop. It eventually made its way, uh, the content of the, da- of the laptop made its way to the New York Post. The New York Post reported on it. The New York Post, which has been a place of journalism for over a hundred years, Uh, And suddenly Twitter said, no, 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 no. You cannot report on this story. You cannot link to this story. We're going to delete accounts that are talking to this story. We're going to shadow ban you and suppress you. If you try to privately share this New York Post story on Twitter, meaning in your direct messages, your private messages, not even publicly what's going on on Twitter, we are going to not allow those links to be pasted. We are going to suspend the New York Post account. 
And yes, guys, guess what? Flash forward two and a half years later, and you've known it all along, but now mainstream media is finally catching on. Yeah, the laptop was real. The info is real, and uh, we're going to certainly find out a whole bunch more about it now that people are finally paying attention. So let's flash back to three years ago, because it's not just two and a half years ago when the laptop uh, and the New York Post story was wiped off Twitter. It was even happening a little bit before that when people started talking about what was going on with this thing. Here's Fox News's Peter Ducey, a guy that I can actually call a journalist without, uh, without having to use the air quotes, uh, questioning Joe Biden about the Hunter Biden scandal, which obviously the laptop has some info on, meaning that he was working for this Ukrainian energy company, making a lot of money, didn't have any skills, was a crack addict, et cetera. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened? That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the uh, presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this, and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. Okay, so you can note the anger and the righteous indignation of Joe Biden, the faux righteous indignation, uh, because everything he said there was a lie. First off, this idea that he never spoke to his son about business. He never spoke to his son about Phoenix, does your dad have any idea what you're doing all day long? Do you, do you tell him? Does he know where you work? Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure my dad knows what I'm doing. Like, yeah, yes, that's what you do. That is what you do. You tell, you talk amongst a father and son or a mother and daughter or even a mother and son or a daughter and father. And you talk about what you're doing all day long. But Joe Biden, even though his son is working for this Ukrainian energy company and he has no, literally no expertise consulting for them and he's making a shit ton of money and his dad just happens to be vice president at the time, they didn't have, they just never talked about this stuff, except it turns out that they did because there's voicemails uh, that have exposed that. Uh, but let's just back up a little bit and just do Hunter Biden Laptop 101 for those of you that are just catching up. We got a little info here from the Daily Wire. A year-long exploration of Hunter Biden's laptop has yielded a 630-page report that its authors say document 459 violations of state and federal laws and regulations by President Joe Biden's son and his business partners. In 2020, days before the election, the New York Post published news of the laptop's existence as well as bombshells from it, but social media suppressed the story after the FBI had warned companies of so-called misinformation. The report, which reviewed the laptop's emails, videos, calendar items, photographs, phone records, financial documents, and more, but also provided context and explanation, serves as a Rosetta Stone of white and blue-collar crime under the patina of the Delaware Way, the report says. We were able to illuminate previously convoluted network webs of the people leading the charge for global governance, cutting through shell companies and middlemen. Crimes Hunter Biden allegedly committed included serving as an agent for foreign entities without disclosing it, tax fraud, and falsifying business documents. The alleged crimes also include prostitution, non-consensual pornography, and distribution of 
narcotics. Now, look, for any of you that saw, there was a day where a lot of the images were dropping on Twitter and elsewhere, and then they were just like, it was incredible watching it happen. You could watch accounts get blown apart in real time. All the pictures of him with the prostitutes and with the crack or the cocaine or whatever it was, and he's admitted to, he was sniffing the carpet, looking for cheese, cheese, crack. I always forget, you smoke crack and you snort cocaine. It's hard to catch up with these Bidens, you know? Anyway, obviously now it turns out that the laptop was real. And the the interesting part of what I just read you is that the FBI was telling social media companies don't allow this stuff to be posted because of misinformation. That is a direct violation of the First Amendment. Okay, you are allowed to share misinformation. Look, MSNBC is still on television, right? You're allowed to share misinformation. I'd prefer that you didn't. I try not to, uh, but I'm sure I have. You know, it it happens every now and again. But either way, the, the FBI saying to a tech company, don't let people post this. And then it all turns out to be true two and a half years later after they got the result in the election that they wanted, right? Because Biden did become president. I mean, you guys get it. Uh, All right, here is video of Peter Ducey again, a rare journalist who I don't have to use air quotes around, asking our black lesbian press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, back in July on new revelations related to Joe's involvement, the laptop, et cetera. Why is there a voicemail of the president talking to his son about his overseas business dealings if the president has said he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings? Well, first I'll say that uh, what the president said stands. So, if he if that's what the president said, that he, that is what stands. And Usually second, secondly, New York Times article but secondly, concerning Hunter secondly, Biden's business dealings, and he says, I think you're clear. How is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? We're not from this podium. I am not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop. <laughs> She's just the worst. I mean, I've said it before, but like she actually makes Saki look good at her job. So you got what just ha- what happened there. So we showed you the video of three years ago when Joe Biden is telling the same guy, Peter Ducey, I never, what was the line? Never spoke to my son about business. Now, of course, that's a lie. If you speak to your child about anything, occasionally work might come up. So what do you do for a living, son? Barisma, that's it. Ukraine, a lot of money. You're not qualified. You're smoking crack. You might, some of that might have come up, right? Some of it might have come up. But then there's a voicemail. They didn't play it right there, but there is a voicemail that exists. I think we played it on the show once or twice back in the day where Biden is asking him about his business dealings and a report that was coming out in the New York Times related to all of this. Now, what's really interesting about all of this is the way the media coordinated to kill the story. So the FBI tells social media, hey, don't talk about that thing. And then mainstream media carries the water to continue the laundering of the lies. Here's a beautiful compilation of mainstream media dismissing the New York Post Hunter Biden story, which in case you're not following along, turned out all to be true. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. Obviously, uh, we're not going with the uh, New York Post story uh, right now on Hunter Biden. This is really one of the stupidest October surprises I've ever seen. It helps to really view this as storytelling, not so much as news coverage, but as political entertainment. NPR explained 
We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. Who even thought to make that story up? It's a story that many intelligence experts say has all the hallmarks of a foreign interference campaign. It looks like it's tied to Vladimir Putin in Moscow. This is a Russian intelligence disinformation campaign. It's foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Russian intelligence. Rudy Giuliani was not fed passively Russian disinformation. He ordered it off the menu. And this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. And he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. We should note Hunter Biden isn't running for president. That argument has been debunked. There is no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. For all we know, these emails are made up. It just lacks credibility. Okay, I would love if you guys would start doing that digging and start doing that verification. No, we're not going to do your work for you. Character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. No, no, what? If you have managed to stay roughly sane these last couple of years, I commend you. I'd like to give you a gold star or a little sticker that you could put on the lapel of your jacket because if you didn't fall for all of this, I didn't fall for all of it. I don't think these people in this room fell for it. I don't think you fell for it. But millions and millions of people fall for these things. They fall for this. They fall for Donald Trump, very fine people on both sides. They fall for all of the COVID stuff and vaccines work and get your eighth booster. And it makes sense to lock kids out of school. People have fallen for all of these things. That's why I'm doing the show today the way that I am. Because if you don't look back, like everyone in there, whether it's Brian Stelter, who actually did get fired, or whether it's Brian Williams on MSNBC. Remember Brian Williams? He was the NBC nightly news host, and then they caught him in a lie. So what happens at NBC? You don't get fired. You just move over to the the double A network, MSNBC. Uh, any of those people, the CNN hosts that were talking about it, they all should be fired. That's not cancel culture. You people are in are all do in negligence. Uh, in your duty to to report the truth, you're activists who protect a political party and a political class as opposed to telling the truth. You know who tried to tell the truth about this thing? You're not going to believe this one. It's the orange guy. That's right. Donald Trump, here he is two years ago on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl trying to talk about this situation and just watch her. Unbelievable. It's this, I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Biggest you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me, we they found the laptop. It. Leslie, it Leslie. can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't... The family on the laptop, he's gone into hiding. For five days, he's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare? I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. All right. right. How did Donald Trump somehow know that the laptop was real? There were plenty of people online before they were getting booted from Twitter and elsewhere that knew that it was real. My feeling from the beginning, and you can go back and check my tweets on this thing. Once I started talking about it was, I don't know, maybe it's real. Let's kind of find out. But the fact that the whole machine is crashing down on the people that are talking about it kind of makes me think that it is real because that's what happens, right? If you tell the truth, they're going to take you out. Story of humanity. Uh, So that's interesting because that was on 60 Minutes two years ago. uh, And 60 Minutes is a part of CBS. Well, you're not going to believe this, guys. But here's CBS yesterday confirming everything that Leslie Stahl said wasn't true two years ago. 
And as Republicans take control of the House, Hunter Biden, the president's son, will be a target for investigations. And that means data from a laptop reported to belong to Biden could be crucial to the investigatory process. CBS News has obtained its data not through a third party or political operative, but directly from the source who told us they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harris joins us now with what we found. Catherine, I'm very interested. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. These House Republican investigations are coming, and that could be a challenge for the White House as we head into 2023 and 2024. The laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with. Okay, so congratulations to CBS, which two and a half years later is starting to catch on to exactly, guys, exactly what the New York Post reported on two and a half years ago. What the mainstream media does, what corporate press does, is they put truth on a time-release pill, right? So you swallow it, but you don't get truth till two and a half years later. Once they've figured out how to re-engineer society and make you think all sorts of crazy things and wish win the elections the way they want them to be won, then suddenly the truth starts leaking out. All anyone at CBS had to do, that anchor there, I'm very interested in this. Well, okay, anchor on CBS, did you think of maybe picking up the phone and calling somebody at New York Post two and a half years ago and saying, hey, New York Post guy, you guys put out this really controversial thing. I'd be interested in knowing what your sources were and maybe then I could report on it. So what's the mainstream media also focused on right now? Well, now they realize that Trump is gonna become a problem for them again, right? And I think there's a little bit of a catch 22 right now with their relationship with Trump. On one hand, they love Trump because Trump delivers clicks, Trump delivers eyeballs. On the other hand, they hate him because he's, you know, orange Hitler. And then I guess there's a more than it's a triple-sided coin because then on the other side of that is I think they actually really feel, fear DeSantis more than him. And if Trump goes after DeSantis, they'll be very happy for that. So they'll be telling you that orange Hitler is actually a good guy for taking out the guy that's the new Hitler. It's all bananas. Uh, but what is going on at CBS? Well, yesterday... Uh, there was an interview with Mike Pence, former VP Mike Pence that was played where they asked him about January 6th and they asked him about Trump and all these things. And you can see here, the panel's very upset that Pence does not have Trump derangement syndrome. So fascinated by what the vice president has to say because he still doesn't seem um, willing to just totally condemn a full-throated condemnation of, of Donald Trump. Yeah. This was your, this was your uh, running mate, your partner, and he's encouraging people basically to kill you. He could have been killed that day. I really do believe that. Mike Pence is very careful here. I want to make sure that we point out that the January 6th committee does have two Republicans on it. Republican leaders chose not to appoint more. Mm -hmm. but in condemning the actions and calling the former president reckless and saying he was part of the problem. These are yeah. all things he said to me. It's going right up to the line without completely separating from the part of the Republican Party that's very supportive of the former president, the Trump true believers we call them on election night. I think most parents would say, if my child yes. was in the midst of this, yes. how could you not be full of rage? So Gail King right there, and Gail King is on television because I guess she's Oprah's best friend. That's how she got the gig, right? Oprah used to bring her on. She, this is my best friend, Gail. And everyone was like, well, what's she doing there? And then she was like, somebody give Gail a job. And now Gail's got a job uh, at uh, CBS over there. Uh, she says that Trump was encouraging people to kill Pence. She says, I really believe that. 
Now, I'm not defending every single thing that Trump did leading up to January 6th. He certainly never called for violence. Also, there was no plan to kill Mike Pence. Nobody brought weapons. People are still in jail over it or held in indefinite detention, all sorts of complete nonsense. There was no insurrection. They keep using the word insurrection. An insurrection, you would have had some plans. Guys, here's what we're gonna do, and then we're gonna take over Congress, and then we're gonna execute these people. And but No, they had nothing. They were literally taking pictures in Nancy Pelosi's office with their feet on the desk and the guy with the crazy horn hat and everything else. But the mainstream media, they have to keep you angry. Why would they want to keep you angry? Why would CBS, on the same day that they're finally reporting on the laptop, why would they also want to make you then think, oh, but Donald Trump also was trying to kill Mike Pence? It's because turns out Trump was right. Turns out Trump was right about the laptop. So what else is the media prioritizing right now? Well, over at the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, there's this guy, we've played some videos of him before. It's hard to believe he's a real person. He appears to be a villain from Gotham City. Batman is looking for this guy. He's hanging out with Two-Face and the Riddler and the Penguin and give me one more Bane, give me one more Joker, give me one more Poison Ivy, thank you. His name is Anand Garadas, something like that. Uh, and uh, he is very upset that billionaires exist. And I wonder if he had the power as a Gotham villain, what he would do to billionaires because guys like Elon Musk are defending free speech. Appears to be a game to him, but letting Donald Trump back in the room, Kanye was posting uh, again yesterday as well. Um, what does it all add up to? You know, first of all, I think something we often forget as Americans is that billionaires exist as a class of people who have that much money at our collective pleasure, right? It is a policy choice to allow some people to accumulate that much money, hundreds of billions of dollars in the case of people in the United States, before everybody has the chance to live with dignity. He brings back Donald Trump, who's, who's kind of unleashed the, 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 the white nationalist demons in this country uh, on that platform and off in ways that are obviously have caused us to come to the brink of losing our democracy. Elon Musk's big idea is let's bring him back. He's gutted the company. Photos of him from the company at a so-called code meeting show that there's basically like no women left working around him. It's just a big sausage fest in there working, you know, in the team that he has remaining around him. Their existence as, as billionaires is sort of antithetical to our flourishing as a democracy. First off, I feel like I have to apologize to the Riddler and to the Joker and Poison Ivy and Bane and some of these other people. These were criminal masterminds. These were people of Two-Face. You may not like everything that they're doing. They all had problems, a lot of them going back to their childhood but they, they had some insight into the world, you know, and it was misguided and it often led to murder and mayhem thing in Arkham Asylum, all that stuff. Um, Arkham Asylum, that's a good reference. You got that one, right? You definitely didn't get, you got it? You got it, wow, all right. Um, anyway, they, I should not compare them to that completely crazy person on MSNBC. Let's just go through some of that. First of all, billionaires exist at our, at our pleasure. You know, billionaires, I know one or two billionaires, um, I don't know, they're working and they're creating things. You don't just become a billionaire by doing nothing. You create industries, you create incredible products, you create things like Tesla or like PayPal, or you create railroads back in the day. Like you do these things which then create hundreds of thousands and often millions of jobs and you allow all sorts of people to have some independence over their life. So the idea that you just want to take out that those are the real problem. If you right now, if that guy, Annan, the evil Gotham villain, I don't want to give an evil Gotham villain an idea, but if he took out the top 10 billionaires in America, if you just took them out and took all of their money and then just gave all of their money 
to America. First off, it would do nothing on the debt, but putting that aside, like if you just spread that money out, in a year from now, there would still be homelessness. There would still be all the problems and people would be pissing all this money away and you have to work to earn something. We can discuss whether there are tricks and games that they play and all of those things on the margins, fine, but the, the problem is not the billionaires, it's the government in the first place. That's one thing he said. Uh, then Trump unleashed the white nationalist demons, which I'm pretty sure he's the evil Gotham guy here with the white nationalist demons. That does seem like an evil character. Uh, and then of course, we were on the brink of losing democracy. Again, they had no plans. One guy had the Lego set, which turned out it didn't even, he didn't even bring it or something. Uh, and then he's going on about this picture. So Elon Musk posted a picture it's like 1 a.m. in the Twitter office a couple days ago, and he's got some bunch of programmers around him, and this picture went viral because it, it appeared, I don't know, there were maybe 30 people around him, and it appeared that there were no women. It turns out there were at least four women, and you just have to kind of find them, and it's San Francisco, so everyone's kind of a he, she, man, woman, or whatever. So you got to kind of look around somebody's shoulder, and then you spot a chick or whatever. But either way, Elon didn't, you think Elon went in there like, dude, guys, I'm going to fire all the chicks. Like enough of the chicks, you know? No, he went in and he said, are you doing your job? Do you want to work here? Many people who quit on their own, they probably happen to be women. Many people that, uh, that were not doing their job very well, they might have been women. These people are completely bananas. And I hope I didn't give that evil Gotham villain any ideas. Anyway, what else is going on here? Well, the entire machine is not happy with uh, Elon Musk right now because he's allowing people back on Twitter. He allowed Donald Trump back on Twitter. He allowed Sargon of Akkad. This is an old, uh, old school uh, YouTuber who was one of the first people when I was leaving the left like eight years ago, he was one of the guys that was on YouTube. Like I'm a liberal, leftists have gone crazy. He was eventually kicked off Patreon and that's what caused me and Jordan Peterson to leave Patreon, which ultimately led me to building locals and merging with Rumble. So I am great. I'm very excited that Carl Benjamin, who's also been on the show, if you haven't seen my interviews with him over the years, that he is now back on Twitter. But anyway, the entire machine is crashing down on Elon Musk because he's allowing more voices to be heard. Let's not forget, what was it, about 10 days ago that a bunch of TikTokers, and TikTok is a Chinese app designed to data mine Americans and everyone except the Chinese, although they're, they're doing a different version of data mining when it comes to their own people. Um, a bunch of TikTokers went to the White House and remember one of the TikTokers asked Joe Biden what he should do about Elon Musk. Anyway, Becker News has some info on what Joe Biden's up to related to Mr. Elon. President Joe Biden on November 10th threatened Elon Musk with a national security review after taking over Twitter and vowing to implement new safeguards for free speech on the social media platform. I think that Elon Musk's cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries is worthy of being looked at, whether or not he's doing anything inappropriate. My God, that sentence. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth being looked at, Biden told reporters on Wednesday. It wasn't reporters that he was talking to, it was a bunch of TikTokers. When asked how he would put Musk's deal under scrutiny, the president said, there's lots of ways. Do you see how evil this is and how pernicious and nefarious the government can be? He doesn't know that Elon's done anything wrong, but we should look into his businesses. By the way, Ed Markey, who's a senator, uh, also said that we should look into Elon Musk's businesses. So Elon Musk buys Twitter. He says, I'm gonna try to have it a little bit more open for free speech. And then the government starts coming in and says, we're gonna see what you're doing over there with Tesla. We're gonna see what you're doing over there with SpaceX. We're gonna see what you're doing over there with the Boring Company and with Neuralink and Starlink and everything else. This is mafia style fascist tactics that they are doing on this guy. So the guy needs 
our support right now. I get it, he's a billionaire and maybe he's just got a rocket waiting in his backyard and they're gonna come for him one day and he's just gonna take his family to Mars and God bless him for it. And Elon, I'll come with you. Um, but this is, this is crazy stuff. The idea, we don't know that he's done anything, but we're sure gonna look. We should, we should probably look around. You know, we, I don't know if that guy murdered anybody, but we should probably subpoena his laptop. We should probably go through all his stuff. How am I supposed to know if he murdered anybody unless I check all the stuff? Ridiculous. So what else is going on here? What else is going on here? Well, there was actually a, a horrific uh, shooting at a nightclub in Colorado. So I'm, I'm gonna link this to sort of everything that we're talking about here, but a uh, little bit of info on that from the Daily Wire. A gunman opened fire inside a gay nightclub in Colorado just before midnight Saturday, killing five people while at least 25 others reported injuries, authorities said. The carnage occurred inside Club Q in Colorado Springs, which describes itself online as an adult-oriented gay and lesbian nightclub hosting theme nights such as karaoke, drag shows, and DJs. The suspected gunman was detained and taken into custody shortly after the attack. So let me just address this and then you'll see how I'm linking this to everything else. Uh, as far as I know at the moment, we don't know anything about this guy's motives. I've heard some people say he was a closeted gay person. I've, I've had, the media is all running around saying he was a crazy right winger and they're trying to connect it to, you know, conservatives and all that stuff. We just don't know yet. What we do know is one very bad person for whatever the reason might be. And it obviously had something to do with mental health because you don't just walk into a nightclub or into a school or into a church and shoot a bunch of innocent people unless you're mentally unwell. Uh, we know that he is responsible for his actions, but you guys know this is 2022 and on social media, everyone uses this for their own political purposes. Here is Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Throw me that tweet. I'm sick of this shit. How many people need to be murdered? How many lives torn apart until it actually stops? We don't have to live like this and we don't have to die like this. That's what uh, Lori Lightfoot said. Now, uh, first off, I just, it goes without saying that I have nothing but sympathy and, and empathy and thoughts for the, for the families of the five people that were killed and uh, the people that were injured. Okay, fine. Lori Lightfoot saying this, that she's sick of it. She can't believe that this happens and there's hate and all of those things. Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago. So I said to Phoenix before the show, let's research how many people were killed in Chicago, her city this weekend, because she's very upset about Colorado Springs, five people were killed. Well, you know how many people were killed in Chicago this weekend? Five, also five. Yeah, five were killed, 60 injured by gun violence. So that's, uh, that's actually pretty low for Chicago and uh, from WTT, W News, uh, let's get the update on the year in killings in Chicago. Yeah, about 450 people as of September 1st. So it's gotta be closer to about 500 now. So about 500 people have been killed by gun violence in Chicago, her city. She's doing jack shit about that. Uh, Chicago has some of the, and Illinois has some of the most stringent gun laws possible. She doesn't wanna talk about that because that's black people killing black people. Frankly, I don't care about anyone's skin color or their gender or their sexuality when it comes to murdering people. Uh, you are a bad person if you murder people, regardless of actually your motives even, uh, whether you're racist or not, if you're just crazy or if you're racist or you're whatever you might be. But the media's gut reaction, that's why I'm linking this story, is not only to blame conservatives, but to also defend drag queen story hour because they're, they, right, because this bar had drag queens there, so they somehow wanna link this to drag queen story hour, and there's been, that's been in the news 
endlessly and nonstop, and they want to blame conservatives. I have never once heard a conservative say, go into a bar and kill a bunch of gay people, go kill some trans people. Generally, they're saying, some of them might say, I personally believe in traditional marriage, but there aren't many people that are, are fighting off same-sex marriage at this point. Um, it, is, it is the law of the land, and even before the Supreme Court went in and decided that, it was happening state to state, which probably was the better way for it to happen through the legislative process rather than the courts, but that's somewhat of a moot point now, but I think something like 26 states had already legalized it. It was happening every week. You may remember that about seven years ago or so. Uh, but you can see what the media is doing here. They want, they hear, oh, a shooting, at a place that has drag queens. There's drag queens. Drag queens are always teaching young kids how to read for some reason. I don't know why drag queens never go to actuary conventions. Drag queens never go to the Dental Association of America and perform for those people. Drag queens don't seem to go to the shoe salesman uh, convention in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. They don't seem to do that. They only can perform for children, apparently. Here's the televised mental institution, MSNBC, with racist Joy Reid, and uh, she actually aired a clip of Drag Queen Story Hour, and I don't think this segment went exactly how she intended. Or just to go on, because I don't think most people have ever seen one. I've been to one with kids there, with like kids there. I want to show you guys what Drag Queen Story Hours look like, because there was a drag show at, that was supposed to be at this club uh, when this attack happened. I just want those who don't know what they look like to see what one looks like. This is cut too. Please play this. The hair. So a lot of drag queens have really big, big, big hair. So the hair on the drag queen goes up, up, up. So you can put your hands on your head like this and go up, up, up. So the hair on the drag queen goes up, 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 up. The hair on the drag queen goes up, 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 all through the town. Good job. And, you know, it, it makes me sad, Brandon, that that scares right-wing people so much that they would try to ban it or your governor sued people over it and then people act surprised when there's violence against people who are trans and lgbtq okay a little throwaway first joy reed years ago on her blog used to go after charlie christ all the time because he was a closeted gay republican so she deleted all those posts and then pretended that somebody hacked into her blog but she has a history of anti-gayness herself now I wanna be clear about one thing here. There's a difference between drag queens and trans people. What you saw there was a dude dressed up as a chick. I, I have no evidence, I was told by Joy Reid that that's a drag queen, not a trans person. So that is a guy who identifies as a guy who dresses up like a chick and for some reason wants to read children's stories to children. And why would you want a five-year-old to have to look at that thing and think about what is going on here? What, 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 why would you want to enter into, look, as an adult, you can live your life any way you see fit. And it's ultimately up to a parent, obviously, to decide what they want to see and what they want their child to see and what they want them to be affected by and all of those things. Um, but there's obvious, like, it's just so obvious it's ridiculous. That, so that, but I just want to make the point that there is a difference between a drag queen and a trans person who fundamentally feels that they are in the wrong body and then often goes through the, the surgeries to transition into the other gender. This would be someone like Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner, right? Bruce Jenner, who became Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, Bruce did the whole thing. Bruce chopped, Bruce, no, Bruce added the boobs, chopped the wang. Bruce is living as a woman. I, I, I'll, it's okay, good to go. Okay, Kaylin, it's, it's all good. Uh, but that does not mean you have to infect the minds of children with this stuff. And I would recommend that you read 
uh, what's the Abigail Schreier's book? Um, sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, great book. Uh, what is it? Irreversible Damage, thank you. Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier, who I've had on the show, uh, how it is becoming a social contagion that suddenly trans, the amount of kids who identify as trans is exploding. Usually it's young girls who want to transition to boys. And then they realize a year or two later, after sometimes they've taken these puberty blockers and all sorts of other stuff, that, oh no, it was just a little bit of a phase or it was a social contagion. Remember the movie Heathers? It was a social contagion. Everyone starts acting the exact same way. But there is a bizarre movement in mainstream media to normalize drag queens with kids. Again, why don't drag queens, okay, so they do events at gay nightclubs, okay, that's fine. And then why don't they do events with anyone else other than kids? Again, the actuaries, the accountants, the dentists, the shoe salesmen, whoever it might be. Why doesn't the NBA bring in a bunch of drag queens to do team building with the Knicks? Bizarre, right? It has to be with kids. Well, here's this guy, uh, Ben Collins. He is the dystopia beat reporter at, at NBC. It is the most ironic. This guy's like, this is like reliable sources, Brian Stelter level irony when it comes to the title of what you do. The dystopia beat reporter. I mean, he's all about dystopia. And here he is. You can see he wants to normalize drag queens with kids for some reason. I don't know why. How significant are those two dates? Yeah, and, and also hours before a, a, what they called an all-ages drag brunch, which is probably the number one target of these uh, anti-LGBTQ um, uh, events recently. Like, for example, the Proud Boys will go and protest any drag brunch, any, um, any drag story hour, anything that a child might go to meet a, a drag queen, not, you know, just to show them that they're human beings and people. They, talk, they, they go there and they, they read Dr. Seuss there. They read uh, regular books. Uh, but it's read by a drag queen, and they, you know, they have breakfast. Uh, it is not some hypersexual event, but that's what it's viewed as on the far right. Oh, it's not some hypersexual event when you have an adult man dressed as a woman with giant boobs and crazy lipstick talking about her hair. And there's nothing sexual about that. Man, these people are such fucking freaks. Pardon my French. Oh, there goes the monetization. See, I'm not making money on the show today. That's how importantly, I, <laughs> that's how deeply I feel about all this nonsense. So for some reason, he wants kids, other people's kids, to meet with these drag queens. I don't know why, but it continues. And NBC, here's Brandon, uh, sorry, Brandy Zadroni. I'm pretty sure she blocked me on Twitter. Uh, and she also wants drag queens and kids to be very, very normal. The LGBT community has always been a subject of hatred for a certain brand of fringe kind of person, right? But something happened in March and April of this year. And in March and April of this year, as the far right-wing conservatives sort of got over CRT or critical race theory, they needed a new boogeyman. And they leapt on LGBTQ community members, specifically trans people, their doctors, their caregivers, libraries that had books that were LGBT. LGBT focused, um, drag time story hour where a drag queen would come. It was a, a ubiquitous in libraries all over the country had it. A drag queen would come read a story. It was fun. The kids loved it. Um, and then also some sort of um, friendly, friendly drag shows. It would be on a Sunday brunch. You could bring the kids. They'd see a show. I just want to make a couple things clear here. First off, I happen to be married to a dude. I have two kids downstairs. Um, I changed diapers this morning. Um, I have nothing to do with these people. Okay, I don't want to take my children to Drag Queen Story Hour. They're never going to go. I remember 20 years ago going to a, a gay bar one night and it was drag night. And it was vile and disgusting and it was endless sex jokes and gross and dildos and blah. 
But okay, some people are into it. Go be into it when you're above 18. Why, what is the necessity? That's the thing. It's this odd obsession and necessity to bring it to children. That is the weird thing there. That's why these, these letters, and when I did that interview with Jordan Peterson about gay marriage, we repeatedly got into this. This collectivist idea of the letters, the LGBT community, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, Q, whatever the hell that is, plus, I have nothing to do with any of these people. I represent no one other than myself. I think that's how most gay people feel. Uh, I think that's how most straight people feel. Is there a straight community? You're straight, you better think about, yo, you two, you guys are straight, right? You guys think the same on everything? Oh, you guys do, but all right, well, <laughs> you both love the Rubin Report, we know that much. Anyway, this Brandy Zadronzi, uh, she continued, because you gotta find somebody to blame. When bad people do things, what you gotta do is you gotta figure out a way to blame the people you don't like. And of course, that's always gonna involve Tucker Carlson. And in this case, uh, there's the famous Twitter account, unsuspended now, libs of TikTok. Brandy, explain that when you hear that, your reaction to it, and then kind of walk us through how, how rhetoric online, rhetoric from politicians can ultimately trickle down into real life and seeing examples of what happened over the weekend. There is a pipeline. It starts from some smaller accounts online, like libs of TikTok. It moves to the right-wing blogosphere, and then it ends up on Tucker Carlson, or it ends up out of a right-wing politician's mouth. And it's a really dangerous cycle. Bananas. These people are so bananas. So... For those of you that don't know how the internet works, people post all sorts of things, and then people start talking about all sorts of things and sharing all sorts of things. And then, yes, occasionally they do trickle up when there's enough people talking about a certain thing or enough people have exposed a certain thing or shared video of something. Uh, then it might get to, say, a Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson might go, boy, that is awfully interesting. The libs of TikTok account, by the way, they do not instigate hate. They have never, as I have seen it, is run by a woman who has since been doxxed by, by many quote-unquote journalists. They, she never says, go hurt these people. She never, I don't even think she says these people are evil or anything to that effect. She basically reposts their posts. So all of these trans teachers and these gender queer, asexual, penis vagina teachers, they go make their own videos. The penis vagina teachers, <laughs> that's what the, in seventh grade when I took health, that's what they, we called them. Uh, <laughs> they put their own videos, usually crying in their cars, uh, talking about how they're trying to indoctrinate these kids. They usually don't say the word indoctrination, but they say, we're trying to teach these kids about gender and sexuality and fluidity and blah, blah, blah. And then they post them on TikTok or wherever it might be. And then all she does is repost them. That's what she does. So if anything, she's acting as a journalist. Oh, here's a person saying a certain something. I'm just showing people what it is. Okay, so that's just how it is. But you see, this is another reason why they're so upset by the Elon Musk thing, because little accounts share things and then it gets to big Tucker Carlson and we can't have little people sharing the truth because little people are the fertilizer for the thing that grows and that's Tucker Carlson. Anyway, here's video of former FBI assistant director for counterintelligence. I love this guy's name. This is Frank Faguzzi. Okay, right out of Goodfellas, blaming Lauren Boebert and Tucker Carlson for the shooting. He's a consumer of the people we just rattled off from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson. Let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is. Name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people and those people should, should face civil consequences from the victims. That's vile and disgusting and anti-American. There is no evidence that this shooter had anything to do with Lauren Boebert or Tucker Carlson. And even if it turned out that he watched Tucker Carlson, unless Tucker Carlson directly caught, somebody get out there and shoot these people, then you cannot blame Tucker Carlson, right? 
And of course, Tucker Carlson does not want trans people or gay people or anybody to be shot. You are allowed to have some standards of decency in society and you have to decide what those standards are for yourself. So Tucker Carlson does interview libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok does repost the very words that these people are saying in the first place. Uh, but the idea that there would be civil penalties for that. So what happens? Should we, should we have civil penalties for all the people that all day long call Donald Trump a Nazi? It's pretty, you know, what if someone shot Donald Trump because you guys have been calling him a Nazi? You see, you see how this thing works? Uh, here is video of a Pulse Club survivor. So Pulse was the gay club, I think in Orlando about five years ago that was shot up. It turned out to be a, an Islamist, an ISIS member, but everyone wanted to make it seem like he had been radicalized by the Republicans and everything else. And I think something like, it was, it was more than a dozen people were killed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is a clip from, we showed you the Joy Reid thing earlier. Uh, he continues, and of course, yes, who are you gonna blame if you're in Florida and a shooting happens in Colorado? Yeah, you blame DeSantis. The news um, that this has happened again uh, in another city, just like it happened to you and your friends. I'm just going to let you give us your reaction. Yeah, thank you, Joy. Uh, and I'm, I'm angry tonight. I, I'm angry because this is what we warned would happen. This is what we warned would be the inevitable consequence of unmitigated, unbridled hate in this country. Now, you just saw what's been happening for the last few years. Right-wing grifters, including politicians like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, they've been spewing this vile, hateful rhetoric about LGBTQ people. They've been trafficking in some of the oldest, darkest tropes against our community. They've been accusing us of posing a threat to children simply because we exist. You know, we can all become jaded by this stuff. So first off, I, I have sympathy for the guy that lost his friends in that shooting. I can only imagine what a horrific event it would be to be at a place that was shot up and all of those things. This has nothing to do with Ron DeSantis. This has nothing to do with Greg Abbott. Ron DeSantis does not hate gay people. Do you know that when we announced we were having kids, the DeSantis campaign sent us two onesies for the babies, okay? When, when I met Casey DeSantis, a couple months back at an event, I told her, you know, we're trying to find an OBGYN for our surrogates here. Uh, and she gave me two OBGYNs that I should look into. We ended up using one of them. That's how much they hate gay people, okay? But what does MSNBC do? They, they, this is why Ben Shapiro's uh, facts don't care about your feelings thing matters. It is irrelevant what this guy thinks about that shooting. You, you should bring on a reporter to talk about the shooting in Colorado who has some, in, who has some insight into what happened there. Did we find out anything about the shooter? Do we know what the security procedures were at the event? How did he get radicalized perhaps? Okay, that would be news, right? Now I know MSNBC is not doing news. To bring on someone to say, oh, you were at something that happened five years ago. How do you feel about the thing that happened over there? And it just so happens to fit the narrative that we're constantly pushing that conservatives are all mean and evil and racist and homophobic. It is complete, complete nonsense. I just did Halloween here for the first time in Florida, my gay family with my husband and two kids all dressed up like skeletons out and about and the neighbors couldn't have been freaking nicer. If anything, people are too nice. I find it a little irritating sometimes when people, oh my God, because they realize, you're, oh my God, you're because they, they suddenly want to show you that they're not a homophobe. Oh my God. All right. Anyway, the point here is, does anyone at this point think that the media is unbiased and fair? This one is just a gem. This one is a gem. Uh, Jennifer Rubin. Now, Jennifer Rubin, a lot of people online, they say, Dave, that's your sister. You must be related to her. 
I have looked into trying to sue her for the name Ruben. I asked Elon Musk on Twitter yesterday, Elon Musk, if there was a way that perhaps I could fight Jen Rubin in some sort of Thunderdome type situation. Two men enter, one man leaves. Uh, and then we, the winner would keep the name Rubin. You know, uh, Tina Turner's retired now. I think she lives in Switzerland, but I'm pretty sure we could get her involved. You catching that reference? You're getting it, yeah. Um, anyway, Jen Rubin, look at this. So this is... Uh, two, this is, what is this, a month ago? Not, no, not even a month ago. This is just, in, yeah, it's just about a month ago. On 10-26-22, here's what Jen Rubin wrote. DeSantis is unimpressive outside the right-wing media bubble. Then less than one month later, on November 21st, 2022, just in the last couple of days, beware, DeSantis is as much a threat to America as Trump. These People are all insane. And isn't this what I've been saying, right? What have I been saying for months now about the DeSantis situation? Again, we don't know if the guy's even gonna run, but they need him to be worse than Trump. And the more that Trump will go after DeSantis, the more the media will like Trump because DeSantis is the real threat because he's Hitler with a calculator, right? He's competent. All right, we're about to finish up here. I have thoroughly enjoyed this show. A lot of references this show. I really busted out all the 80s and 90s stuff. Uh, here's Democrat activist uh, Jake Tapper over on CNN. Uh, and this, we thought this would be a fun way to end this thing because you know a lot of people feel that this red wave didn't happen and it was such a disaster for Republicans. But the simple truth is Republicans got uh, Congress back, right? They're already looking into the Hunter Biden laptop thing. There's a rumor that they're gonna uh, impeach uh, Mayorkas, who's the health and Homeland Security guy you know, he's in charge of health and homeland security. He's the one that's basically in charge of the border. Uh, they're, they're looking into possibly impeaching him. I think Kevin McCarthy hinted at that this morning. Um, so there, there certainly was no blue wave. And there, it does seem like Republicans are maybe kind of getting that, what, is, what does Joe Biden always say? The ramrod, the Republican ramrod. It's here, people. So anyway, here's uh, Democrat activist Jake Tapper on CNN talking to new House Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries reminding him that, no, you guys didn't really crush it this time. Actually, you were kind of defeated. Uh, I want to ask you, though, uh, you're, you're portraying a very rosy scenario about how de well Demo Democrats are doing. You just lost the House. I mean, your party was just defeated at the House. I, I get that it wasn't uh, as bad a defeat as it could have been, uh, but it wasn't exactly a vote of confidence in House Democrats. Well, what I'll say is that it was historic overperformance by every single measure, uh, almost beyond comparison when you look. What does he mean though? Historic overperformance. You lost the House. You lost Latino voters. Florida became solidly red. New York almost flipped and sent a couple of congressional seats to Republicans. California even sent a couple. There is some weird stuff happening here, but yes, of course, they just lie about everything and that's what they do and yada, yada, yada. I think you got what I was selling today on the show. Did you get it? Did I wrap this thing up in a nice bow for you? I think so. Uh, all right, stick around for a cold close and let's get to a couple of rubenreport.locals.com comments. Uh, Tony says, Anand Girahadras looks like the Bollywood version of Mr. Freeze. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Chill out. <laughs> What that may, I mean, Schwarzenegger, what was he thinking? How much did he get paid for that? Chill out. Give me, what was another one that he would say? I'm cold. <laughs> give, give me one. It's freezing in here. EK says, if anything from this year describes Democrat privilege, it's this whole laptop story. Hunter gets a pass until the election, but the FBI raids Melania's underwear drawer. Yeah, 
It's Democrat privilege. These, and that's, I get why people, so many people sell out to that side. Cause it's like, they do kind of win. They do kind of win the machine. You know, you can't fight city hall. The house always wins. I get why people are just like, ah, forget it. I can't take it anymore. You know, people like Jennifer Rubin. She was, a, I think a roughly sane conservative. And now she is a completely bananas, progressive lunatic who can take any position on anything. You kind of admire it at some level. Amy says, when I first saw the matrix, I thought I'd rather take the blue pill and just live ignorantly and happily but I was in my 20s and voted Democrat. Coincidence. Isn't that something? You know, there, if you haven't watched The Matrix in a while, uh, there is that great moment where, where the I don't remember his name, uh, one of the guys, Cypher, I think, was his name Cypher? C-I-P-H-E-R in Matrix? That sounds right, right? Where uh, the, the agents basically get him to turn on Neo because he doesn't want to take it anymore. He cannot live knowing the truth anymore because the truth is so painful to him, right? So there's that moment they're sitting at the restaurant and he just wants to eat the steak and he wants to blissfully go back to sleep. Was I right about Cypher? I think, oh, I got it, not bad, not bad. He just wants to go back to sleep. He doesn't want to deal with the pain anymore. And I think that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people are just like, I will just stay blue-pilled. This thing and the truth, it's too scary. And fighting for, for honor and, and reality, that takes work, man, but just to sit in a box and play video games all day and watch porn and then eventually they'll strap something to your genitals and you're never gonna get up and you're gonna eat bugs. I don't think that's the point of being a human, but I'm old school, what can I tell you? Guys, if you have not subscribed, do so on rumble.com. It's rumble.com slash Rubin Report. My full interview with Byron Donalds, who is a congressman down here in South Florida in the, the area that was hit hard by uh, Hurricane Ian, I, I think this guy's got a bright freaking future. You know, if there was some guy in Florida that might become president, this guy might be the guy to replace him. <laughs> You never know. Uh, and I leave you, I apologize in advance, we leave you with wise words from Kamala Harris. Well, first of all, I acknowledge one must acknowledge. So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community. The president has been clear on this issue and on a very important issue in addition to that important issue. When you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country. So when we went before, indeed with pride, we planted our flag. And just think about it, affordable health care is, it, it's about your health and it's about more. Here's the thing, who doesn't love a yellow school bus? Whenever you're dealing with conflict, pull out a Venn diagram, right? And so, you know, the three circles. I'm Vice President of the United States. Anything that I handle is because it's a tough issue. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.